This is Transistor.fm. Hey, it's Justin Jackson here. Thanks for checking this out. This is a recording between Kyle Fox and I that occurred early this morning. And to give you some background, Kyle and I have been talking about doing a, a podcast focused on building products for a while. And what we wanted to do with this call is just riff on a subject for about 30 minutes and see what might come out of it. It's pretty rough. For example, I'm just using this headphone mic, but I think it gives you an idea of who we are and what a podcast with us, a product podcast, might be like. So, give it a listen. We'd love to hear your feedback at productpeople.tv. And here we go. Good morning. How's it going? I'm doing well. Um, hang on one sec here. I'm just going to plug in my uh, headphones. Sure. All right. There we go. There we go. Look at us on a Skype call. First step complete. <laughs> we're, we're almost done. We're almost done. So do you want to talk about products? Do, sure. What do you think about that question about just... Thinking back to when you were younger, when did you get into computers and did you, did you build anything that would have, would have been like a software product? Like when I first really started getting into computers was, um, um, it was when Netscape Communicator kind of came out. <laughs> and okay. One of my friends showed me, uh, showed me Netscape Communicator. He was like pretty into computers and stuff. So What year would have this been? When? Yeah. Oh boy, um, 1997, 98 maybe. Okay, okay. Um, I was probably about 13 or 14. Okay. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so Netscape Communicator was kind of like Netscape's version of uh, Microsoft Front Page. It was kind of like a point and click, make a website type thing. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. That's uh, that kind of dates both of us, I guess. Then. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, yeah. I guess I started kind of playing around with that, and at the time, I was like, yeah. I guess that would have been about the time I was like learning to play guitar and stuff too. And so I was like super into like heavy metal and stuff. So like pretty much all I did was like listen to music, play guitar, or make like fake band websites. So I would make like. <laughs> All these like Pantera fan pages and like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's kind of like <clears throat> where I started playing around with the uh, like design side. I mean, I use that term loosely because it was more like dump every animated GIF I could find into an HTML page and call it a Pantera site. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to like the idea, like, whoa, I can like use this computer to like make stuff that I want. Like I can just think up something and then make it. So, um, so that was kind of like fun. And I, I made a couple like web pages, like while I was in junior high and stuff. And, uh, and then actually the same friend who kind of got me into that, he showed me uh, visual basic six one day. And have you seen that before? Yeah. 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 So yeah, like if you're not, sure what Visual Basic is. It's basically like, <clears throat> it's a Microsoft product that lets you um, 
basically drag and drop interface elements. It's kind of like interface builder for Xcode. Um, you can drag and drop elements and then kind of like, you know, create software screens. And then if you, for example, double click a button, it'll let you write some code to explain or define what that button does. So anyway, he showed me like Visual Basic one day and uh, it like blew my mind because I guess I, I had always like, I guess had like, I don't know how to say it, like a sensitivity towards like software and stuff like that. Like I like I would just notice like if things were annoying to use or or whatever. I kind of kind of always wondered how like how software was made. So to see Visual Basic, like and he was showing me how you like could drag things around and design screens, I was like, whoa, like it was kind of like another like aha moment. Like I could build anything like with this right like I could build I could build a piece of software and so I started like drawing fake interfaces for like all kinds of like random stuff like um I can't even really think of any examples but like <laughs> basically I would just drag form fields around and like pretend I was like designing software for like like point of sale systems and stuff like suit like super nerdy things for a 16 year old kid yeah to yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, uh, so that's, and then that, so that's sort of where I started, I guess, getting into the code side too. I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cool that I can like make these screens, but I can't make them like do anything. So, um, that's sort of when I started like diving into figuring out how to make interfaces actually work. Uh, so diving into the code side of things. Um, and, uh, I guess like through most of that period like I didn't really I didn't really like build any products mm -hmm. like what you'd call products it was mostly just like experimenting and like just like yeah mucking around with like different tools and like getting a feel for how things are are built yeah um, yeah and just kind of like sharp I guess like sharpening that like awareness of those things like I remember one day I, I used to work at a hardware store in high school and the uh, like the checkout system was like you you know those old archaic they look like 1970s Unix terminals like monochrome screens type thing that's right and uh, and so but I had worked there for a while so I had totally got used to like the like insane key combinations required to like scan an item and accept a payment. It was like, you know, control F4 to open the cash register and just like junk like that. So, um, <clears throat> but I remember one day like checking out these two customers and um, the one guy, I guess, turned out to be like an exchange student for the, for the local college. And he started like talking wildly in some other language and like pointing at the screen I was working on and stuff. And I was okay. kind of, I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And, and, uh, like the girl with him, which I guess was like where, you know, he was like staying on his exchange was like, Oh, well he's like, he's like an interface designer. And like what he does is he like designs how software works for people. And he is like, he he's just like pointing out all the flaws with with your system, and it was like kind of like another one of those like aha moments where I was like, whoa! Like people, like I always kind of felt like you know 
weird for caring about how <laughs> software was to work you know like all my friends and parents and stuff and like the people I worked with at the hardware store they're like oh, whatever but I was always like well it could be better like why isn't it better and why does nobody care and yeah. then this like random guy coming to a hardware store just like sees what I'm working on and just like has this like you know moment of passion where he's just like exp- like I, like I had no idea what the things he was saying but just like how like animated he was talking about this I was like oh wow like there's people out there who like actually really care about this kind of stuff and so it's kind of like another one of those moments where I was like I don't know like maybe this this is kind of like something I could do too like you know this whole idea of like uh, building things that um, people work with and approaching it with like you know uh, um, like let's not just make it work but like let's make it like a, a quality thing so mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess that's that's sort of where like all of those like things kind of came together and like i guess that's kind of why now i'm like i'm not just like really a coder and like not just a designer like my end goal is to to build awesome things mm-hmm. that are like a pleasure to use and that people find useful and stuff like that and uh, so yeah, that kind of just brought everything together for me. Um, I guess that's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. The, that's a good way to phrase that question too, is like, what were the, the things that you did when you were a kid, the, the kind of experimenting that, that led to an interest in products or what were the things you noticed about yourself, uh, when you were a kid that, you know, even that idea of looking at the hardware store terminal and saying, you know, this could be way better. I think people that love products often have that that sense of this could be way better. Why isn't this better? I'd like to make this better. And you can feel like really like an outcast because like it seems so obvious to like, you know, people who are sensitive to products and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like 90% of the world, like they, they, first of all, don't see a problem. And then they're kind of like, well, like, why would you even care anyway? Like, you know, like they're just, they seem really obtuse to it. So, yeah, I, I think we've established something else. And that is that I'm, a, I'm a little bit older than you because you said you were, um, in 96, you were how old? Is that, um, in 96. So let's see, I was born in 84. So, okay. yeah. so you're, you're four years younger than me. Okay. And, uh, when when I was trying to think about when I started kind of experimenting with software and, uh, and we always had computers in my house ever since I was like five. But when, when I was 12, I think it was when I was 12, I, I was really into the BBS scene. Were you ever into that scene? The bulletin I, board service scene? I just missed that wave. Uh, okay, so that was probably right before you. And in like 1992, Basically, they were all text-based, so you would you would call into a, a computer. Like the best ones in Edmonton would have six lines, and so you would call in with your your phone and a modem. And I always remember being fascinated with BBS software and the games that ran on them. So there was these games, like there was a game called Legend of the Red Dragon, and there's another one called Trade Wars, and these were text-based games, but I just remember loving them. And you could have multiple players. They were like early text-based MMOs, basically. And uh, I just remember loving them and being interested in them. And uh, 
those were the like that was my first kind of foray into like fiddling around with products is that I would try to build my own text-based games for for BBSs and um, uh, I never had anything that went like crazy or anything but you could all the software was basically open source like you could download it and just uh, kind of yeah fiddle around with it and if you there's kind of like these loose frameworks for building games so I remember doing that and then in 94 there's uh, was it 94 that there was a the first GUI for BBS's came out so they were all text-based and then there's this guy named Seth Hamilton out of Hamilton no was it Seth Hamilton <laughs> oh man he was he, he was his name was Seth and he was out of um, Ontario and he built this bulletin board system called RoboBoard FX and it was basically BBS software that was visual it had it was uh, it had a GUI and it, you could draw all of the menus and screens using vector-based graphics so you would have a client that would like interpret all this and basically it would just draw out all the screens uh, as vectors and you could also put in JPEGs and things like that and it was huge like when this came out people were blown away because this was even like mosaic was kind of out in on the the web world but the, the BBS world and the internet were kind of like these parallel uh, universes right and so I just remember when I saw RoboBoard I was so excited as a like 14 year old kid and there's a guy in Edmonton that started a RoboBoard BBS called Absolute Future and I, uh, I basically contacted him and said hey let me draw do all your drawing for you and it was I, I we didn't call it like interface design or anything I just called it drawing because the the tool for creating these uh, screens was uh, it was like a drawing it was like illustrator like a, a really um, kind of dumbed-down version of illustrator that you could build in uh, interaction so you could like draw like I I remember for Absolute Future, we had like a castle was like the first screen you would see. And then you would kind of say, here's where the buttons are going to be. And this is where it'll take you. It was really interesting. So I remember being uh, 14, I think, and, uh, and doing that and, and feeling like this is like being able to design something and, and build in interaction and then have people use it. So, uh, you know, as a kid, when you, most of my products that I built would be like for my family, you know, like I'd build something and it'd be like, uh, I don't know, like uh, CD-ROMs, like I, I would author multimedia CD-ROMs for gifts for Christmas. But this was like something where uh, bulletin board services could have, you know, thousands of users. And so this feeling of like building something and, you know, drawing all these screens and linking them together and then having all the different interactions you could do. Um, and then have that being used by potentially hundreds of people. Um, there's something about that that was really kind of attractive to me um, back then. And then the web hit, and then I, I got into to web-based stuff. But uh, that, that early BBS scene was, was pretty uh, formative, I guess you could say, for me. Right. Yeah, I think like that's totally the... Um, it's kind of like similar where 
it's like discover that you can make something that can like reach and affect people like that's it's totally like a rush i think and like for people who like aren't sensitive to like the things they interact with their in in their environment like the people who get annoyed when things don't work right and they think like this could be so much better when you have that like aha moment where you're like wow i can build something and put it out there and people can like see it and use it like it's like this huge like empowering feeling and mm-hmm. I, I think that's why like there's so many like passionate people that do product development because like you know you're like a kid right and you're like making this like castle so that people on the internet can like like you know yeah 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 exactly sure exactly what happens on bbs is like his uh, discussions right like basically is how it works it, it was every it was basically like the early web the it was pages and you would have discussion forums and games and you could like download images and you know games and so it was like this whole it 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 was almost exactly like the web but you had to call in with a and you were calling is like one to one so you, for every user you had to have a phone line basically yeah can you can you remember um sorry not remember but can can you think of like what the first software product you made money on was or or have you been able to sell any software products um i think like the first real um real undertaking yeah, of mine that I did like kind of for myself that actually made money would probably be photo journal. Um, it was kind of like, uh, I guess like in like when I went to college and stuff like that, um, 37 signals was kind of just coming out. And so up until that point, you know, my, I was sort of thinking like I can build something and like, you know, be building software and products and stuff as my job mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of like I can get a job doing this and I, I just kind of always had it in my head that I had to be like working for like a bigger company in order to be able to do that you know so um, so I never really like I guess built and tried to sell my own stuff um, I like I said I had all these like different experiments and things like that um, and I shouldn't even say experiments like actually like useful stuff I worked at a call center for a while um, and the computers were like completely locked down but we had uh, Excel on them okay and so I I learned that you could like write basically you could write like macros and VBA script which is basically the same thing as Visual Basic like you could design screens and stuff so I wrote this like it was a spreadsheet like it was an XLS file yeah but like when you got a call, when a call came in, it would like pop up and start recording the like the length of the call basically. Oh, and no you, you like had to like to hit certain metrics, you had to like us make a certain number of offers to the customer. So you had to like offer to, it was for cell phones. So you had to like try and upsell them on a new phone or a new plan or whatever. And then, so I had like all these different buttons where you could record you having made the offer and then when the call ended it would enter it into a spreadsheet and then generate charts basically of like your average call time and like how many offers you made versus how many were accepted and that kind of thing so like 
And I like I passed it around to like my friends that I worked with, but I never like you know tried tried selling it. So yeah, um, you should have. <laughs> yeah, probably. Although the company I worked for at the time was a little bit, uh, they were scary. So um, they wouldn't have been I, excited about that. I probably would have got sued somehow. They would have been like, "You made this on company time." Like, yeah, they would have been not not too impressed. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so like I made like actually useful things, but it never really, I guess I never really thought of selling my own things. Maybe it was just like a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. Until I started like really, until 37 Signals kind of came out and I just saw like they were just a couple of guys basically at the time who like were solving their own problems and they were kind of like, you know, we made this for ourselves. It's all it solves a problem we had. You might solve, or it might solve your problems too. And then this whole other side of like the value side of it, where it's like, you know, because it's giving you value, we think you should pay for it type thing. That's right. And so like, that was like another one of those aha moments where it's like, okay, I can make something, ask people to pay for it and not feel like, sleazy about it you know like yeah yeah. i think that's like that's a whole other conversation is like that hurdle for people to overcome for charging charging people money for their their product yeah like i I don't know that's like a big big hurdle i think for a lot of people but anyway Mm -hmm. 37 signals was kind of like where i was like i can build something and sell it myself like i don't need to just be making products for a bigger company i can like put things out there on my own and that's sort of like it's kind of looking around for different things to try making, and that's sort of when, at the time, um, PhotoJournal was like a good fit for, um, for where I was at at the time. So, so yeah, that was kind of like the first first product on my own that I started like looking at developing and selling. So, um, how about you? Um, well, again, I think I'm gonna. Well, I I think my first there could have been others because, like I said, I I would sometimes build things and like sell it to try to sell it to my dad for his work. Um, and I, I think one, another difference between you and I is I, I am definitely more business minded. So I've always been into computers, but you know, I've always, in terms of like building things, I would always come into these roadblocks. Like I, I asked for turbo Pascal when I was 12 or something like that, because I wanted to build things, but I, I just found uh, coding and especially like coding in that IDE, like it was just too much, too hard for me. And so I remember often being frustrated with like trying because I wanted to build things, but but couldn't. And I think that's why you know I ended up really liking the web um, because the, the, there's just more tools. And uh, you know, a guy like me that maybe will never be a great coder could could build things. Um, I think the first thing that I made money on was I was probably three or four years out of college, uh, 2002, 2003, and working for this nonprofit. And basically, every nonprofit in the world needs donation software. Mm-hmm. And we had this donation software that we used, and it was just terrible. And so I built something else in Microsoft Access. Uh, which is similar, like you could have, you could build these front ends, like all the form fields, and they had like a kind of a visual way to design those screens, and then on the back end, you could write code to to make it do stuff, 
But uh, for a guy like me, it was a lot easier because you could have, you know, the database was created automatically and you could kind of say, okay, this is going to go here. And it was just an easy way to kind of get started. And um, so I built this donation software that, you know, would come up with a menu screen and people could choose, you know, I want to, you know, enter a new donor, I want to search my donors, I want to run a report on how many you know, donations we've received this month. And so I worked on this for a long time and I started using it myself and uh, then I decided there's a big kind of national conference and I thought, you know, I think I could probably sell this to other people and, uh, and I think for me, I, I was always kind of thinking like, like at the time, CD-ROMs, oh man, like CD-ROMs would come and they would have a lot of things on them. So you wouldn't just have like one program, you'd have, you know, maybe a hundred programs. So I remember feeling like, okay, I'm going to put this on a CD-ROM, naturally, uh, but I'm going to have to add, add other stuff to make it worthwhile. And uh, I'm also wanted to build like an actual, uh, like interactive menu system on the CD-ROM. I don't know if you if you ever hit what where you were in that, but CD-ROMs were a big deal for like products and like authoring CD-ROMs, um, and so I built this whole thing where people would put in the CD, and it would come up with this menu system, and they could go to my donor software, which was one piece. It was like the kind of the central piece, but then I also spent way too much time building this interactive training software where they would. Uh, they could like click on a thing and then see a video of, you know, what we were training. But then I also even got it transcripted. So there was like a tran like a text transcript, and then like resources you could like use. Um, so it was pretty ridiculous. So I, I packaged all of this together, this donation software and this interactive training, and uh, and uh, made a bunch of them. And then went to this national conference. I think I sold them for $20 a piece. And I think I sold like 12. <laughs> but I, it was that same feeling of, you know, I built something that was, that was valuable for me. And, and other people saw it and said, oh, you know, that'll be valuable for me too. And I, I didn't sell very many. But I still had that sense of, man, this is amazing. Like building something and then like packaging it together and then releasing it and, and seeing if people will buy it and then having some people actually buy it was, uh, was amazing. And then, totally. <laughs> and then the people that did buy it, even though it was a small group, I just remember like, they would contact me after and they would say, oh man, like, more people definitely need to get this because this has like, changed the way I, I run my, my office. And so that, getting that feedback as well of you know, you've built something valuable um, that, you know, that was amazing. So yeah, I think that was the first product that I actually kind of made money on. But, um, and since then, you know, I, I, I spent like seven years in working for nonprofits. So I was actually out of tech for a long time. Um, I wouldn't say that I've had a huge success in selling, <laughs> selling other products of my own, but that I, I definitely remember that feeling of like selling something and, um, you know, it being just that, just feeling amazing. Yeah, totally. It's uh, like, like I said earlier, it's like 
kind of a rush to like think that you're helping somebody out while also, you know, getting money for it. <laughs> like yeah. that's the strongest way to like gauge people's reaction, right? Is like if they're if they're willing to pay for something and especially if they're willing to continue paying for something, like, you know, they say people vote with their wallets. And so when they're voting for you for something you've made, it's like a totally just warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've been going for about 40 minutes. Do we want to, do you want to delve into something else or do, should we, uh, should we, should we uh, stop for now? Um, the, the, the next question was, what is something that you'd like to build? Uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe we could wrap it up and like save that one for another, <clears throat> like for the next call. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Well, and maybe just to wrap up this recorded part, let's uh, maybe just like introduce yourselves. Like I'll say, uh, I'm Justin and I, I'm a product manager for a software company, a web app called Industry Mailout. Cool. Um, and my name's Kyle, and I'm a freelance web designer and developer. And I also run PhotoJournal, which is a hosted blogging service for professional photographers. Beautiful. Perfect. Well, let me stop recording here. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.